Welcome to the Behind Their Business Podcast, the show that's peeling back the curtain and showing what's actually happening behind the scenes of running a business. I'm your host, Steph Blake, and each week you'll hear from women at all levels of business who are showcasing their stories of struggle and triumph as they juggle business ownership with day-to-day life. Join us to hear inspiring stories and strategies for starting and growing your own business. Hey everybody, Steph Blake here, and I am so glad that you are here for this week's episode. As usual, it is going to be amazing, so you are in for a treat. But before we dive into that episode, I want you to join our private and 100% free and supportive community for business owners to connect in called the Confident CEO Community. So if you have not joined us yet, here is your invitation to come and join us. Each week I also do a live training to share my best tips and tricks for scaling an online business the easy way. We talk about strategy, team building, mindset, tools, automation, and everything in between to help you confidently step into the CEO role in your business. So you can go to confidentceocommunity.com to join us today. And now let's dive in to this discussion with our incredible guest. Welcome back to the Behind Their Business podcast, or if this is your first time listening, welcome. Today, our guest is going to share about raising kids and running a business on a shoestring budget. She's also going to talk about what it was like to quit her day job by setting up multiple income streams. But in her business, our guest is a freelance writer and tech coach who helps writers and business creatives learn the technology they need to make money from writing online, which is awesome. And she's been freelancing for nearly 20 years. So she's been doing this for a little while. She has a lot of experience that she can share with us. And she has also raised four kids as a single mom, which just in my, like in itself is mind blowing. And now she has 10 grandchildren, two dogs, two cats, and two geckos. So a lot is happening in her world, which is so great. So please welcome to the show, Meg Stewart. Meg, I'm so glad you're here. Hi, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you again. So let's go on a journey of what you were doing before you started your freelancing journeys, freelancing journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of journeys happening here. Yeah, it so kind of was back 20 years ago. Yeah. It kind of was several journeys, but um, I started out working in education. So I was working for a community college um, in a women's center. Um, So I did that for 10 years and that started as like a work study job while I was going to college. My oldest two kids were in diapers then. So that was in the 90s, uh, 92, 93 in there. And so I was working, going to school. I had my two older kids by the time I was 21 um, and working full time in education. And then from education, which, you know, being in the Women's Center, it was more social service oriented too. um, you know, helping women who were returning to school. Um, I ran a single parent support group and then went from there to do um, life skills training as a facilitator. Um, and then that kind of got me into working with domestic violence victims and homeless women and families. Um, and so then I transitioned from the college into social service. So I was doing case management. Um, so I worked with, again, transitional housing. Um, I worked for a while in Cleveland with homeless veterans, um, helping them to find jobs and get you know back into employment. 
Um, so lots of kind of education and social service in the beginning um, when I first started out. And so while I was doing all those things, I was freelancing part-time. So I started doing that in 2003, I think is the first year that I started freelancing. And I was not doing writing as much as I was doing tech stuff. So like I had um, a guy in Nevada who was starting a logistics business and I helped him kind of get that going and get that started and build a website and that kind of stuff. Um, then I had a, a guy who was a VP of finance in Silicon Valley and he had retired but then gone back to do consulting and the younger crowd was making fun of him because he didn't know how to use his Blackberry so that tells you how long ago that was um, and so he would call me and say okay this is what I need to learn this week because this is what they're making fun of me you know about and so I would help him with that so the initial tech stuff you know was in the 2003 probably 2003 to 2005, maybe. Um, but then I started writing, um, probably like a lot of other people, I've always felt like I was a good writer and why not, right? If this is a way that I can make some money. So um, that's what I started with. And um, I started again, the way a lot of people start, which is on Upwork, um, <clears throat> which I don't recommend <laughs> um, to people, but um, if you do need to, sorry, I'm trying to turn this off. If you do need to go with Upwork, what I tell people is don't stay there forever like I did. <laughs> um, I stayed on Upwork for five years um, doing freelance work. And um, in that five years, I made about $70,000 total. Um, so you can make money on Upwork, but it's um, you work very hard for very little um, when you do that. So um, then I broke away from Upwork and started doing um, clients directly, um, working with clients directly. And one of my clients that I was writing for on Upwork actually bought out my contract. And that was what kind of started me doing work directly with other clients um, rather than through Upwork. Um, so I wrote for that client for another five years, probably separate um, from Upwork, and then just kind of gradually added from there. Um, and in, during that time, around 2008, I think it was, I, yeah, 2008, I had my fourth, I was pregnant with my fourth child, and I moved from the city, which was east side of Cleveland, to the country um, on a 10-acre farm. And um, so everything changed, um, and I had a lot more time, um, which is what I wanted, was to be home with my kids, and because um, now I have the two younger ones. And... Um, so I took some part-time stuff. I knew I wanted to do consulting, business consulting. Um, so I took some part-time stuff that was not nonprofit because I had worked like social service and education and not really business. Um, and I wanted to get some experience in the business arena. So I took, um, deliberately took jobs that were part-time like as a VA. And so I worked you know, six months in an accounting firm and then, you know, a couple of weeks for a telecommunications company. I was just kind of jumping around doing some part-time stuff and um, just figuring out, you know, the things that I saw in kind of education and nonprofit were those also in business and they are um, systems, <laughs> systems, systems is a big thing um, in business um, makes a big difference. Um, so I got to a point in so when I first started, I was working full time and I was freelancing kind of on the side. 
Um, then I got to the point where I could work part-time and freelance um, the rest of the time. And so that was cool, um, but still not enough money, right? Not enough. Um, I was working all kinds of crazy hours to get that amount. Um, what I found made the most difference for me when I decided I wanted to stop working outside of the home and be total freelance was setting a goal, right? So initially I set a goal and said, okay, to, to make all of my bills and be able to not work this part-time job, I need about $2,400 a month. And so I set that goal and started working towards it. And it took me probably six to eight months to hit that consistently to where I felt like, okay, now I could let go of this part-time job, right? Because the part-time job was paying the bills. Um, Cause as a single mom, that's what I needed to do was make sure I could pay the bills and put food on the table and all that stuff. Um, so once I had hit that consistently enough to where I thought I could leave the part-time job, then I did. And so then from that point on, I was totally um, freelancing. Um, and that was about, my youngest daughter was born in 2008. So it was about 2010, um, between 2010 and 2011, because um, my father passed away in 2011. And I spent two weeks with him in hospice and was able to like stay there the whole time and um, just took my laptop with me. And I was doing some writing, I was doing transcription, all of which I could do like right from his hospital room. And it was kind of that point where I said, wow, like I never wanna go back to doing a nine to five again. I mean, when you're raising kids and those of you who have kids, you know, um, you know, you have a full-time job, but then you also have, you know, get them up in the morning, get them ready to leave, get them on the bus, get to work on time, you know, do the whole thing in reverse at the end of the day, um, and then homework and bath and all of that kind of stuff. So um, what I found was just working as a freelancer allowed me to be home a lot more for my kids. You know, my, at that point, my two older ones were um, leaving, you know, they were 17, 18 years old. Um, but my younger girls, there's 15 years between my older kids and my younger kids. So my younger girls were still home and I got to be home for all that stuff that I had missed with my older kids. You know, my older two kids spent their whole like all their days and all their summer in daycare, right? While I was at work. Whereas the younger kids, um, I got to be there during the day and, you know, go outside and put up the slip and slide and let them run all over. And, you know, I got to be there for all those things. So that was the thing that, what I say is it puts the, the, free, the freedom into freelancing, right? When you can set your own schedule and, um, you know, work, I worked at midnight if I wanted to, you know, if there was something we wanted to do during the day, then I would work, you know, after the kids went to bed until midnight or, or whatever, or I'd get up early, you know, and get up at 5am. And by 1011 o'clock, I was done with the work I needed to do for the day. And we could go do whatever. So um, and I've been freelance writing ever since um, I did in 2019. I joined um, Ninja Writers, which is a writing community. Um, and in early 2020, I started teaching some um, 
just some free SEO calls um, for people who were kind of tech challenged and didn't know a lot about SEO. And um, the um, founder of Ninja Writers got word that I was doing these calls and a lot of her Ninja Writers were coming to them. Um, and so she came and said, hey, do you want to teach that call for me, you know, for my community? So I did that and she paid me for that um, every month. And um, I was actually making more doing that call for her than I was doing it for myself, you know, so um, it made sense to go ahead and do that. So I did that for her. And then um, the other thing that happened was um, she had a her academy workshop, um, she had somebody drop out of teaching on her at the last minute. And so she messaged me like on a Friday and said, hey, I need somebody to teach this eight week workshop starting on Tuesday. And I said, okay. <laughs> and so um, I took that on. And so, you know, then I was getting paid for the tech calls and getting paid for doing the academy workshop. And so that just added to my income. And, and so what I found is that um, having multiple income streams was really what kicked it into gear for me. So during the pandemic, um, I tripled my income by making those multiple income streams. So I was writing on Medium. Um, I was doing some private coaching. Um, I was doing freelance writing. And then I was doing some work for Ninja Writer. So I had multiple income streams. I also self-published a book during that time, um, a little short story fantasy thing. Um, it didn't make a whole lot of money. I think about 60 bucks. <laughs> um, but it's another income stream that, you know, I do have a whole series of those in mind to do. Um, so that's what I tell people all the time is looking at having multiple income streams. So whether that's, um, as a freelance writer means you have multiple clients, um, or whether you're doing freelance writing and then you're also self-publishing, um, doing that kind of work. Um, you could be teaching classes, you could be, you know, doing podcasts. I mean, all of that kind of stuff, um, I'm working now with some of the ninja writers because I am on staff with them now um, after doing the contract work um, in like September of 2020 I went on on the team with them so I do have a regular amount of money that comes in every month for the work that I do for ninja writers so um, and that's significant. Um, and then the freelance writing um, the self published book and I have another series I want to do on freelance writing that will be part of that income stream. Um, but one of the things I'm teaching in Ninja Writers this coming season is affiliate income. So like, you know, using your affiliate um, links in your blog posts or in your writing that you're doing, whether that's for yourself, like when I write on Medium, I have affiliate links, or when I'm sending out my newsletter, I have affiliate links. Um, but also when you're working with clients. So as a freelancer, um, there's a lot you can do as far as adding value. So you're providing this written content and some freelance writers also provide images. I don't um, because I feel like that's a legal area that I don't want to get into as far as the licensing and stuff. I would rather the client do that themselves. Um, but I do provide, you know, SEO optimized content. I do provide, um, you know, the linking um, if they have affiliate links that they want to use in the post. Um, I will do that, you know, that kind of stuff. So there's a a way for you to add value for your clients by providing those additional services. So, um, and yes. I always tell, 
go ahead. I was going to say this, is, you've shared so much. <laughs> this has been, this has <laughs> okay. been great. So yeah. I mean, I'm the, talking too much, you can say. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're yeah. fine. I, I didn't want to cut you off because you were like in a good flow state. So like the biggest That's thing okay. here is like the different income streams, which is so important. Mm -hmm. You never want to put all of your eggs in one basket because if that oh, basket yeah. right. goes, then you're screwed. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I had that happen, you know, where I was working for one client on Upwork for like two years in like an hour, more of an hourly full-time role. And I had let go of all my freelance clients at that point. And then that job um, wasn't a good fit anymore. And I had to start over, right? So I had to get all my clients and, you know, get new clients, get some of my old ones back. So that's what made me realize that, you know, you can't just go all in on one thing if you have the multiple income streams. And like now, like I can ramp up if I decide, I don't do a ton of freelance writing right now, but um, I do more coaching and the stuff for Ninja Writers. But if I needed extra money, I have a list of probably 35 clients where I could just send out an email and say, hey, I have some time in my schedule next week. Do you have a project for me? And boom, I would have, you know, work that I could do to make extra money. So I can ramp that kind of up or down as I need to, which I like. Yeah. I call that like turning on the faucet to where like, if you, yeah, if you want right. more money, mm -hmm. it's like literally coming out or if yeah, you, don't, you want you more hot water, you turn this knob, you want more cold water, turn that knob. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I, wanna, I like that. I want to go back to something that you mentioned in the beginning. So I actually have, I have two things okay. that I want to dive into that. So you mentioned that okay. you went from the city to a, to the country and living on a farm. So was, was this mm -hmm. like an actual farm mm -hmm. with animals that you had to tend to and, uh, or was it just like, yeah, we had, well, we had, um, it was 10 acres. Um, we were leasing it. Uh, what happened is my mother went through a divorce around the same time that I, um, got pregnant with my youngest child. So she was born in 2008. So this was like, um probably a april-ish of 2008 i was working full-time um and doing freelancing on the side again and um i ended up in the hospital they thought i had preeclampsia and all this stuff because i was almost due and um so they put me on bed rest for the last month of my pregnancy and while i was on bed rest i just did some real kind of soul searching and said, you know, this is not how I want to raise my younger kids, you know? And so I called my mom and I'm like, you know, I got to do something different. This isn't working for me. I need to get out of the city. You know, my older kids were teenagers and they were not doing well in the city. Um, I was pretty sure that my son was getting kind of sucked into the kind of gang life uh, and I wanted him out of that and so when I called her she I didn't know that she had been having problems but when I called her she was like oh well I've already been looking because I'm you know getting divorced blah 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 and so we said okay well let's do something together and so we found this 10 acre farm um, that was for lease and you know we leased the 10 acre farm uh, my mom already had animals, so um, we moved the animals from her place where she was to this farm. So we had horses, we had chickens, um, we had goats. I actually had um, our goat, her name was Cora. Um, we didn't realize when we got her that she was pregnant. 
And um, so my mom had called me one day from work and she said, um, hey, can you, it's really cold. Can you go check on Cora? I know she's due soon, but I don't know when and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. So we're on this farm and the snow was like crazy deep. And so I had to get all dressed and everything and go to the barn. And sure enough, she had had not one goat, but three goats. And, um, you know, goats are not supposed to give birth in the winter time you're supposed to manage that so that they give birth in the spring you know um but it was actually martin luther king day that these goats were born and there were three of them so we named them martin luther and king um and um so we had all kind we had we had goats we had horses we had chickens we had a peacock um for a little while um who we called mrs peabody and um so what was she that got like? lost in the storm? Oh, it was baby. lovely. I loved it. I absolutely but, loved it. I mean, my younger, my younger saying, girls, and at the time, my oldest daughter and her son um, was living with us. So I had my two youngest, and then I had her oldest son, um, who is a year younger than my youngest. I mean wait, a year older than my youngest. So, so my youngest right now is 14 and her oldest son just turned 15. Um, so they were basically raised together for probably the first eight years of their life. Um, and they got to be on the farm. They got to, this was like, like you, you had this farm that you obviously have a lot of work to do, right? You, are working mm-hmm. part-time at this point, like you said, you have mm-hmm. this yep. business that you're running and, and you have children. Like, did you sleep? <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. Not much. <laughs> Not much. Um, and that's one trick, you know, that I can tell people who are maybe trying to leave a, leave a job, you know, by building a business is one of the things that I used to do when my kids were young is I would put them to bed at eight o'clock and I would go to bed too. And I would set my alarm for midnight and I would get up at midnight and I would work till four. And then I would go back to sleep and I'd get up with them at seven and get them ready to go to school and everything. Um, And that was kind of my way of having quiet time, you know, so that I was, I could focus and I could work without, you know, all of the distractions that come with having kids because um, you know, you can't, really focus when you're you know you've got kids running around and um i only had you know two little ones you know because there's 15 years between my older kids and my younger ones so when my two youngest were small my older kids were teenagers so that was helpful um but my older two kids are 14 months apart so that was kind of like having twins because for six months at a time they'd be in the same stage you know um and i'd feel like i was gonna lose my mind you know okay they're both putting everything in the mouth or they're both playing with the stuff in their diapers and you know like i can't i can't do it um so my younger kids my younger two girls are four years apart that was much better um but by the time i had my youngest i also had my first grandchild so um they were kind of raised together and so Um, And then my son's girlfriend um, had a a boy who is the same age as my oldest grandson. Um, They're both 15 this year. And um, so he came. And um, so a lot of times it was Josh. 
um, Hayden and Sydney. And then Samara was four years older, you know, so um, she was there, but but she was, it was kind of the three musketeers, you know, Josh, Hayden, and Sydney were together. But, um, you know, they were around the animals. They got to hold the chickens. And, you know, we also had dogs. We had two dogs. Um, we had a cat that showed up in the middle of the storm with, you know, all kinds of infection from a wound. And so we had to nurse him back to health. And uh, so we called him Stormy because he showed up in the middle of a rainstorm. Um, but oh then gosh, as soon just... as he was like all healed up and stuff. He took I off. just feel like the stories <laughs> so, in your life are but I wasn't, ending. <laughs> they, you know, they are, but um, the, um, I guess the thing of it is that what, what happens with the freelancing is I get to set my schedule and that's, um, that's what's made the biggest difference for me, right? Because I can be there for the grandkids. I can be there for my kids when they, you know, they got something going on at school or whatever. Um, because I can adjust my schedule the way I want to. And so the thing I would say to people who are just getting started freelancing is the mistake I made in the beginning and the mistake I see people making now is that they freelance, but they're still acting like an employee. Um, so like they want the client to tell them what they're going to write and they want the client to tell them how long it's going to be. And the client tells them how much they're going to pay. And the client tells them when it's going to be done. I don't do that anymore. Um, and I found that making that shift between being an employee who works from home, so basically remote work, right, where you're working from home, but you're still being, your work is still directed by the client. So that's remote work. But when you're freelancing, you're, you're more of an entrepreneur where you are the business owner and you are making those decisions. So I decide what content I think is best for the client. They might give me, you know, keywords if they've done the keyword research, lots of times they haven't. Um, they might give me titles um, and then I may push back and say, you know, this title is better for SEO. Um, we need to make that change, you know? Um, so I'm the expert when it comes to content um, and I'm not afraid to push back with the client and say, look, Okay, somebody told you you need to have a blog, but you don't know why you need a blog and you don't know what it's going to do for you. So let me explain kind of how this works. And so once you tell them kind of how it works, then they're, you know, they're good with that. So and I also I tell people when I have time available in my schedule. So if a client says, you know, I have this project and I say, okay, I have this time available and I can have it back to you by this date. Um, and so that's that's how I am able to set my schedule so that I don't end up with clients who are calling me on Wednesday and saying, Hey, I need this by Friday. No, my clients know that if they have a project for me, they have to get me the details by Friday because that's when I'm scheduling my stuff for the coming weeks. Um, if they don't get it to me by Friday and they send it to me on Monday, it's going to sit there until Friday when I make my new schedule. So, um, and so I think, making that mindset shift between being an employee who works from home and being an entrepreneur is the is the key to being able to have the freedom that you want with freelancing and also as far as your rates you know you, the other than a magazine or a publication which have very strict kind of what they'll pay um you know the the clients don't dictate my rate i tell them how much it's going to cost for a blog post you know um, and again, that's what allows me to have the freedom 
um, so that I don't feel like I'm just working from home. You know, I'm still in the nine to five, but I'm doing it from home, right? That's yeah, not sure. um, freedom that I wanted, right? Yeah, and I'm so, so glad that you mentioned that because I talk about this all the time. My free community is actually called Confident CEOs mm -hmm. because so many people, I mean, you, right. you also don't know any better, right? Like when you're in a nine to five job, you're an employee. If you've never built a business before, you don't know right. how to do anything other than that, you know? So it's very, very common right. for most people to just carry over that employee mm -hmm. mindset when they start to build their business. So if you're listening mm -hmm. to this and you're like, oh, I think that's me. And you're like slowly raising your hand up. It's okay. We've all made that mistake before. I made right. that mistake in the beginning stages too. But I did too. Yep, yeah, I did too. It's all about building that confidence in yourself, which is so incredibly important, no matter what stage of business that you're at, because there's always going to be and new things coming up. Right. And it also, though, um, you know, having that confidence and having that freedom of being an entrepreneur also comes with this responsibility, right? So as the content expert, it's my responsibility to stay on top of what is good for SEO, what kind of, what length of content, what kind of content is going to work for that client. Um, you know, that's my responsibility. I can't um, be that expert if I don't stay on top of what those trends are. So you also have to keep learning um, and stay up with what's changing and what's happening so that you can be the one advising the client as to what's best for their business. Um, so yeah. I think it comes with that responsibility as well to learn as much as you can, um, to know that what you're telling the client is what's going to have the best chance of working for them. Um, you know, so as a freelance writer, you want to know everything about, you know, the buyer's journey and SEO and all of that kind of stuff, which is going to come in into play when you're writing content for a client. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you've been talking a lot about content, but it, it and copywriting, but it's just all service providers. And generally, it's like, it's, it's basically the same yeah. across the board, regardless yeah. of what you're doing. So this has been right. such a good conversation. Thank you for talking about so many different things on this episode, Meg. <laughs> it's been great to hear your story, hear all of the different stories that you shared, and then just some really helpful tips for people who may want to get start freelance, get started freelancing, or maybe they are currently freelancing right now. So if somebody wants to connect with you, where is the best place for them to do that? Um, they can um, email me. Um, it's meg at solutionsbystuart.com. Um, I also have a website, solutionsbystuart.com. Um, and um, for people who are or freelance writers, I have a newsletter called Market Mondays um, that I put out, which you can um, get that if you go to my website as well. But um, the newsletter is free. It's all kinds of like writing jobs and magazines and publications that pay writers. Um, and I send that out every week um, and it's free. So people can sign up for that if they are freelance writers. Um, and then I'm also on Medium. You can find me on Medium. I have um, a publication on Medium called The Freelance Ladder. Um, and it has all of like all of my tips and tricks are in that in that publication somewhere. So if you are, you know, low on budget and you just want to read as much as you can, um, check that out and um, you can read everything over there. Perfect. And we'll make sure to link to all of that in the show notes as well. So thank you again for awesome. being here, Meg. This was a great, great. conversation. Yeah, it was fun.
Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Behind Their Business podcast with me, Steph Blake of The Blake Collective, which is a female-led company focused on helping online entrepreneurs start and scale their own businesses. If you or someone you know would make a great guest for the show, we would love to interview you. Visit our website at behindtheirbusiness.com to submit a short application and learn more about the show and how you can support our mission. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share it with a friend or a loved one too. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you again for listening to the Behind Their Business podcast.